This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On, Chris Platt's Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. You are listening to Any Given Sunday for second. Why well, should say that too? You are listening and watching. I always forget about the YouTube part. You are what listening happened? and watching Any Given Sunday for Sunday, May 22nd, 2022. I am your host, Manny Brown. Joined as always by my co-host, Josh Rodriguez. Josh, what is good? Not much, man. How's everything going? Oh, you know, living the dream. Like I said, offline, living the dream, you know. Nice. Living I the dream. Of course. It's good to live the dream. You know, we're healthy, somewhat. We're alive. Somewhat. You know, my uncle used to say every day above ground is a good day. So it's a good day. It's a good day. It's a good, good day. And plus, we're getting some spring slash summer weather out here. So that's a good, that's a good thing. You know, that's good. You know, we were, it's, it was hailing like two weeks ago, you know, but, you know, Jeez. it is, it is what it is. You know, I, I live in the Pacific Northwest. I've accepted that the weather here is just going to be, you know, what it is. Everywhere. Listen, when I move to Southern California in like five years, I'll never have to live through this life again. Well, I'll have to live through like what fires and earthquakes, maybe, and smog. But you know, you know, you pick and choose. You pick and choose your poison, I guess. (laughs) What's good with you, man? Not much, man. Um, Really happy that I was right about the Warriors. Kind of disappointed in myself. Well, actually, kind of disappointed in the Celtics. Um, but oh, we'll get to it. Oh, we'll yeah. get to it. The Celtics did everything possible, everything known to man to lose a game, like purposely. Like if I didn't know any better, I I I think they'd be point shaving. Like Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it, man. Warriors uh, are up three zero. Um, I wanted to come on tonight and like really be filled with analysis and like a direct summary of what happened. I mean, honestly, I don't. I, I, a, are we really this? Surprised? We're not. People are shocked. Like people are. I mean, if you listen to a lot of the pundits, there are people picking the Mavs to win the series, and a lot of people picking the Warriors were picking the Warriors in six or seven. My official pick was six, just for the simple fact that I didn't Mm -hmm. trust the Warriors because they laid a couple eggs in the first two rounds. Um, But I said on the show, and I said on my podcast, and I even said on Twitter, like if if the Warriors seemed like they were the Warriors for first two rounds, I would pick them before. Um, so no, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not shocked, and I know you're not shocked either. No, I'm I'm really not shocked. Um, 
I just think I just I said it last week, man. I mean, just, I think this is a bad matchup for Dallas. Like, yeah, everything Dallas is good at, Golden State's better, and right. Golden State has that championship medal and that experience. And Steph Curry's playing at a at a at a Steph Curry plus level. You know, it's like I, I just don't really know what we really expected. Um, I know I think people felt like coming off the Phoenix series, Dallas would game something, you know, and play a little bit better. And I don't. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. I don't think. Besides the first game, I don't think Dallas has played terribly. Like, no, just I, even tonight. Like, I, did Dallas play bad? No, Reggie didn't shoot the ball well outside of Bullock him. Didn't play well, yeah. Really, I don't think anyone really played that bad. No, it's just they got beat by a better team. If I'm just being clear, yeah, it's just you. more experience. I, I said yeah. that, and a lot of this is also so you're you're getting a lot of differing points. Obviously, you're getting a lot of the anti Warriors stuff, right? You know, people just hate the Warriors and are tired of them. And then you're getting an, a lot of anti Luca. So I'm in a I'm in a group chat filled with people that just cannot stand Luca Doncic, right? Oh really? And I'm in a group chat that's the exact opposite. Nothing but love for Luca. Oh no, I I'm like the Luca sycophant by comparison because I'm like this dude is legit, and everybody just oh fuck Luca, <laughs> Jack Harlow of NBA. Like what? Like really? Seriously? Seriously? No, he's not. Stop it. Luka Doncic can actually play basketball. We, it's questionable on Jack Harlow, but um, yeah, it's 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 interesting, right? Like the the conversation coming from the series, like um, like there's people already trying to write Luka's legacy, like oh he came up small. I'm like he's 23, 23 years old. <laughs> he's 23, he running up against the dynasty. Like this is like the best team of the modern NBA era. Like stop it, please. Like, this is LeBron in 07 versus the Spurs. Like, this is just... How do you come up small? He had 40 points. What are people talking about? Well, you know the whole, you know, the whole legacy. Like, oh, it was an empty I, that's, you know, I, and people And people that I love and respect their basketball opinions. We so gotta it's not stop even like I'm, this. We got to stop this as, as, a, as a country, not just as a basketball community. <laughs> like, He's imploring you, stop this as a country. We got to stop correlating an individual, a, a team result to an individual performance. Can we yeah. stop doing this? Basketball is a five-on-five game with people who come off the bench, with a head coach who's making decisions. Like This is, it, this yeah. is idiotic to associate someone's legacy with how his team does, especially when this individual scored 40 points on nearly 50% shooting. It's dumb. And I'm saying that as someone who's not that huge of Luka Doncic fan. Like, if you're hating on Luka today because of, you know, how he played and didn't step up, you're not really watching the game. You're just here for narratives. I agree. And listen, I, I'm not saying – and listen, I'm not saying that I don't fall into the trappings of narratives, right? Because I we did all last do. week with, with we Chris all. Paul, right? I'm not, I'm not, I think I'm it, not should be, it should be applied – when it's when it's merited right like I, I think that you can make the case that chris paul hurt his legacy last week i i, I don't I, I you could make that case now you could fight me off on it you could say ah you're you're, you're totally off base yeah and even last week did, did that do much to harm what we already knew about chris paul like he's a guy that for whatever reason has just come up short in a lot of part of it is injuries i get it part of it is you know he's just been unlucky to to some degree, but the 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 narrative narrative or the fact or whatever is he hasn't won a championship and he's only gotten to one conference final. Like you can there, you can debate that next to that though. Like he hasn't got to a final because you know he pulled his hamstring up three two against the like there are reasons for it. Like there's a lot of context to that type of stuff. 
True. True. But then, like, again, it's I, what I'm trying to say is that there's a place for having discussions about certain narratives, right? Like the James Harden narrative. That's an, that is a fair narrative critique, whatever you want to call it. This guy, for all the praise that he got, comes up repeatedly small in the biggest of moments. I, like, you have to talk about that. Like, it has to be acknowledged. I don't think you could say, I don't think you could apply that narrative to Luca. Like, right. he's just, he's mismatched. Like, he's playing against a dynasty. Like, <laughs> okay, maybe this is, the, the the supporting characters are different, but the core is intact. It's a dynasty. Like, it's still that the same The fact core. that Luca got his team to the Western Conference Finals does enough for his legacy, in my mind, or whatever his legacy whatever is. Whatever you want to, yeah, exactly. I agree. It's, I agree. It like, like, that, I, I picked against the Mavs in the first round. <laughs> I didn't expect I mean, them to be here. Same. I didn't expect them to be here. The and then I expected here. them to get drilled by the Suns. And it yeah. shows you how much I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> or both of us know. Like... It, yeah, I listen. I I partake in the narrative talk too because it is fun sometimes to. No, it can be. I think. Like I think when, especially if you I, don't like somebody, I, I think narrative. I think I think, I think narratives are are good when you don't like a player and it supports the reason why you don't like them. I think it's but fair to have that discussion when there's a certain expectation and so and I mean like a predetermined expectation, not like a um an expectation that that yeah, what's the word I'm looking for that changes with time. Like for instance, there's an expectation that this series be, would be competitive. But before that, there was an expectation that, hey, let's just see if they can be competitive against the Suns, and they and they went past that. The expectation for the Mavs to start the season and start the playoffs was not the Western Conference Finals. They already surpassed expectations. But I think that once that first expectation is set, if that expectation isn't met, then, there's, then you can have certain discussions. But mm-hmm. if someone already surpassed expectations, you can't knock them for anything they do past the point that they surpassed. It makes no sense. It's unfair. I agree. I agree. I agree with you. Um, that sounded confusing in my head. I'm sorry if that confused. <laughs> no, I, I get your point. It's I. I totally agree with it. You know. Yeah. If someone exceeds every possible expectation that you had for them, then I don't. I don't think you can say that they've. It's just moving the goal. Po- you're moving the goalpost. Yeah, times. you are moving the goal. And then when post. they but, finally can't score a goal, now you're like, oh, I see you. So I listen. I can't speak for all of NBA Twitter. I could just speak for my cohorts at Dead End Sports. Who who are unapologetically black and do not like they, they don't it's not that they dislike Luka Doncic but their point is they don't like is that there is a media narrative like, around Luka Doncic he's nice, and Jokic he's nice and he's white and they and they're bitter and i feel like there's a conversation that can be had about that yeah i now, think there's, I, if there's absolute conversation i think that's a lot a lot of the Jokic hate come from comes from if i'm honest with you i think it does i think it does i think that there is a a sense with Jokic it's like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread now listen Jokic is a great player how much of that is hype? But I, but you can say that about any player, right? Like you can say that any every player gets overhyped to a certain yeah, I agree, I agree degree, right? Like I like Jokic. Do I think he should have been the MVP? No, personally, mm-hmm. I don't think he should have been the MVP. But does that make him overhyped? Like I think he's a credible MVP candidate. I, you can have that conversation. Like, do do white players somehow get over over pushed? From a media perspective, sometimes I think it works both yeah. ways. I think I think the media might over push a white player, but then I also think there's a large portion of the NBA audience that underestimates or underrates or there's a backlash for it because of yes. the over pushing. Agreed. So you have you have a media that over pushes them, and then you have a bunch of people who don't appreciate them because of the mm-hmm. over pushing. It's like this. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's this yo-yo effect, right? It's, yeah. It's, 
yeah i listen i think there's there's a conversation and it's crazy that this is the context that we're talking about not the actual game <laughs> or whatever, but listen listen they're up 3-0 there's not much to really talk about here. Um, but no i think it's i think it's a I, only thing i can say about my guys is like they like luka Doncic. they think he's a great player yeah but it's like okay he should be held because what they'll point to is like watch everybody will say luka Doncic, poor luka he's going up against the warriors what do you want him to do? And then it had this been, you know, Jason Tatum. Oh, Jason Tatum choked. And it's mm. like, okay, I get it. But I, I'm not sure. Have, have higher But I'm not sure that, that, true. But I'm not sure that this, you could apply it to this particular situation. I do think that, I do, I do think there's something there with the Jokic thing. But I've, I've applied the Jokic thing more to, NBA media is run by it, a lot of the people that permeate the NBA media. I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of the, the people that permeate NBA media, at least the new age media, are a bunch of stat geeks, right? And Jokic fills up a stat sheet like no other, right? So I think that that's like the lo- a lot of the love that he gets, right? It's like from a lot of the stat nerds out there that are like, oh my God, did you see what Jokic did? He did this, 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 and the other. Like, oh, his plus one is crazy. Exactly. So I think that's part of the Jokic thing, right? Like, like it's like what Joey Votto in baseball, right? Like Joey Votto is like a a, a, a baseball stat sheets love, love affair. Like, Wait, people don't like Joey Votto in the MLB circles? I, I I, I think Joey Votto's somewhat overrated, but that's really, good. but yeah. Yeah. Okay. The fact that Joey Votto's like finished top five in MVP like several years and he's only had like one 100 RBI season is a little confusing to me, but okay. that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I feel like that's, I feel like you can say that Jokic gets a lot of love from a lot of the NBA media no, I likes. I understand that. He's a I'm a Derek Jeter fan. I understand what analytics can do to someone's freaking narrative and, and legacy. Well, you, you do realize that Derek Jeter is overrated, right? I don't think Derek Jeter is overrated. I've <laughs> had this conversation before. I, so I'm not even listen, I just, I've, the thing with Derek Jeter that's so funny to me, so fascinating, is that analytics, like, don't just say that he's overrated. Like, they say he's the worst shortstop ever to play the first. He's not the worst shortstop. Like, listen, I hate, I can't stand Derek Jeter. He's not the yeah. worst shortstop of all time. No, I know. There's but they make it plenty of terrible shortstops. Analytics, man. Analytics make him like there was like times where he's like he's the worst shortstop in baseball. Like his gold gloves are a joke. Like everything. Like his his gold gloves are a little. I'm not gonna say they're a joke. They're a little perplexing. There's one. The one he had later in his career was an absolute joke. Oh, that was a joke. But the gold gloves and yeah. gold glove voting in general can be a little perplexing sometimes. You just yeah. like it's a popularity contest. Yeah. It's a reputation contest a lot of times. Um, All I know is I've I've seen Jeter make phenomenal game saving plays as a Yankee fan. To win his championship. Listen, Derek Jeter is a is a great player and a deservingly Hall of Famer. But a lot of people, especially New York media types, they just think of him like it's like literally in the pantheon of life. There's Jesus Christ, <laughs> Martin Luther King, and like Derek Jeter slotted somewhere there. And it's like, dude, if he played in Kansas City. Like he'd he's, he'd he'd be like if he played in Milwaukee he's Craig, he'd, he's Craig he'd, he'd, he's Craig he'd be robbing you he'd be a better Craig Biggio like let's keep it like let's keep it a buck like let's let's be fair who was the best player on those '90s Yankees team Bernie Williams absolutely yeah I, Mariano Rivera who was a reliever to me was more important to the Yankees success than than Derek Jeter was he a factor yes I'm not saying that but like could the Yankees have won the World Series with Mariano Duncan at short yes they could have. 
Yes, they could have. You know that, Josh. You they could have won in '96. Yeah, I don't know about now. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm being a little fair. I, I'm being a little unfair. Like '98, '99, 2000. Okay, he yeah. was a big part of those teams in '96. They could have won that shit with anybody. Yeah, at shortstop. Like that's how good. I listen. Bernie was criminally underrated for a long time. Like it, it's it's insulting to me that when they say core four, like they don't like. How is Bernie Williams? They fucking put Jorge Posada. That is so insulting. That's an insult. <laughs> Bernie Williams is such a better player than Jorge Posada. It's like it's not even Bernie like he was there before Jorge. He was there before Andy Pettit. He was there before all of them. <laughs> Every single one of them. Yeah, he was. He was the original. He was the and original. He was there for every single World Series. Yeah. Up, I mean, up until 2009. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. What a yeah. what a joke. What a yeah, joke. I, I, listen, I agree with you. Listen, we've gone way off the rails. That shows you how much interest this game garnered. Um, let's get it back to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, honestly, bro, I just don't think there's really much to talk about. Like, no, the Warriors are up 3-0. Yeah. At least you and I are in agreement that we're not really surprised. Um, I guess we could be surprised. I guess I could be surprised that Dallas didn't figure out a way to win game two. And that's where they lost the series. If you when you write the epitaph of this series, that's where they lost the series. When you have a 20-something point lead on the road in game two, yeah. You and the Warriors played as bad as they could play, and you played as well as you could play. I mean, I think they shot 70% from the field in that second half, in that first half. Yeah. You got to win that game. I'm sorry. You have to figure out a way to win that game. And when you lose that game, that that's the series. So the Mavericks lost that series in game two, in the second half of game two. So, you know, I don't know what I don't know what else is really there to say. But um, there's not much to say, man. This this Mavericks team overachieved. They're not supposed to be in the Western Conference yeah. Finals. Let's just be honest. Phoenix. I don't know if you want to say they choked, but they had their own version of a collapse. Last mm-hmm. round, the Mavs got past them. Shout out to the Mavericks. I mean, you got to play the game and you got to, you know, hit your shots and, and win. So shout out to Dallas for doing so. But you're going up against a team in the Warriors that was on pace to win 60 games if they were all healthy. You're clearly outmatched. And it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with like Luka Doncic not having help. The simple fact is that the Warriors are just a better basketball team than the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. They have more men, they have more score, they have everything. They're just a better team. This is what's yeah. supposed to happen. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Steph Curry for a second. Okay. Um, Remember when people were saying like, "Oh, Steph Curry couldn't carry a team," and there's still people saying that. There's still people saying the hate that Steph Curry gets. The hate that Steph Curry gets is like a little perplexing to me. It's it's beyond perplexing. It's it's maddening to me. Like it's ridiculous. The guy plays the game the right way. You never hear anything negative about the guy from from everything from everybody you talk to and hear. He's a great leader. He's a great face of a franchise type. I just don't get it. Like I oh I get like I, a lot of people blame him for the like the proliferate proliferation of the three point shot and how he changed basketball for the negative and like okay I I guess that's the one like fair critique you can apply to but him. How, but I don't know if, I don't know that he was so good <laughs> that the game changed like how right. I don't know if that's his fault <laughs> yeah. he, he found the skill and he specialized it and made it his own and, and now everybody wants to be him how dare he. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 even that one's a little perplexing, but I still kind of get it. If you're a fan of like rough and tumble '80s and '90s basketball, that being said, I, I don't get this narrative that like he can't win on his own. First of all, he already 
won a championship on his own. So, but people bring up, oh, but Matthew Della Vadova, like, oh, okay. Um, You know, (laughs) like, what? Oh, if Kyrie wouldn't have got hurt, like, okay. I agree that maybe if Kyrie plays in that game or plays in that series, we're having a different conversation, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I can also say that if Draymond doesn't get suspended in game five, we're having a whole different. Right. Con- I mean, you can also so make you the can case play that game. KD, you play that game anyway, right? You can, yeah. You can you can play that game any way you want to play. I could also say Clay Thompson doesn't get hurt. KD doesn't get hurt. He'd have already his fourth. He'd be going for his fifth. Like you could play that game any way you want to play. I, listen, I just want to give this guy flowers because the man. You could argue he's playing the best basketball of his career right now. It's up like, there. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen anything like 2016 stuff. But he's playing very well for sure. Um, you know, he's not I, as dynamic, I'd say, as 2016. Yeah, but I feel like he's playing a little bit more controlled. I, I, like, I feel like the the one critique I would have with Steph Curry sometimes is that he it, he would like chase three pointers, yeah, too much. And I feel like now you're seeing him attack more. Um, you're seeing him not settle just for three point shots. Like, I feel like he's creating. Like, if it's not there, or if he's getting doubled, or if the trap comes. At any moment, he's already ready to attack. That's the difference in Steph Curry that I've seen. And maybe it's just age and maturity. And he realizes that, like, okay, everybody knows what I'm going to do. So I've got to switch it up a little bit. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I I think I think you could argue he's playing the best basketball of his career. And, yeah, it's crazy to think about at, a, at age 34. It's more well-rounded, I would say. Okay. Um, he's he's creating off the dribble a lot more. I mean, he his off the ball gravity. I know a lot of people make fun of people who say who talk about his gravity, but it's a fact. His off the ball gravity does help a lot in you know getting people wide open. But you know, you're seeing a lot in this series where he actually has the basketball making plays, pocket passes, and and setting people up as well, driving and kicking. And you know, I think after the Grizzlies series, the Warriors were very sloppy, including Steph. They were very sloppy with the basketball. So mm-hmm. I think going into this series. Steve Kerr made it a point, hey, let's take care of the basketball. And they're not doing a fantastic job at it, but they're doing a better job than they did um, than they did against Memphis. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that your point guard <laughs> and your leader of your team is doing a better job of taking care of the basketball. So he's definitely playing at a really high level. I don't know if it's the best I've seen him play, but it's definitely a more mature version um, than what I'm used to seeing him play because a lot of the Warriors' offense in the past was just kind of like freestyle – step yeah. back three here and there and you don't really see yeah. that too often from no. Steph. you know he's usually he now he's taking threes if his if his feet are set or or if there's some rhythm going in to the shot towards the basket so it's it's a smarter version of Steph. it's it's cool to see agreed um and i guess the one thing you could say from a from a maverick perspective i thought kenny's kenny smith said something really smart um i, I believe it was uh friday night in game two where Dallas was just on that that huge slump from a three-point shot, right? This is my issue with teams like Dallas and all these other teams that are kind of trying to replicate the Warriors' magic. They have no real plan B. And you could just see it, right? When those shots aren't falling, they're almost just sitting there with like this deer in a headlight. Like, what do we do? Right. No, go to the basket. Right. Create a shot for yourself. Do something. Like there's just no, they're just like, in a way I kind of respect it because Dallas has said like, this is how we play. We're going to play this way and be damned with anybody else. But it's like, to me, you have to have a little bit more diversification of your style and your game because it's like you get into, especially, for, especially if you're a jump shooting team, because you know, you guys know 
what's the old adage, right? You live by the dumb shot. You, you, you live by the dumb shot. You die by the dumb shot. Yeah. And it's like these teams that just get into these. I feel like the Jazz suffer from that. It's like when those threes aren't falling, it's like. They suck. <laughs> Donnie, Donnie, help us. Like, yeah. And it's like he doesn't have it going. It's, it's good night, right? Yeah. I, same thing with Dallas. Like they're just chucking. It's, it's. First of all, it's just bad basketball. Just bad, just IQ wise. It's just bad basketball. And then it's just not, it's just boring to watch. I mean, you're just seeing clanging after clanging after clanging. I'm like, just yeah. take a mid range shot, go to the basket. I don't know, do something. Yeah, you don't have that. You know, even the yeah. way they create three pointers is a little different. The Warriors, they, could, they take a lot of threes, but a lot of it is, you know, within the confines of their motion offense. Like everything that. the Warriors do is in the confines of their offense. And that's what makes them so hard to beat because. You know, you have them taking threes, and everyone wants to take the threes, but what sets the Warriors apart is, to me, it's actually Draymond. You have someone who can get the ball and make plays for others when he has the ball at the top of the key. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I, Draymond used to be a decent three-pointer, three-point shooter. Like, yeah, now he's, like, I, don't, I don't know what's happened there. Um, to me, that's what's make, stopping the Warriors from being, like, really freaking dominant is, like, that Draymond when he first came into the league and actually could shoot three a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I think that's what they're missing. I think I think Draymond's kind of like that extra piece where it's like, okay, well, Steph's not going to get a, something off the dribble. Clay might not get something off the dribble. You know, they're sticking with some motion offense. You know, it's it's that extra ball yeah, handle I agree. top of the key who can set up a backdoor cut at the end of the shot clock or hit Looney with an alley oop off of mm-hmm. something. Like that that's what they're missing. Like the the Warriors have that extra gear right. that a lot of teams that most teams don't have. The Suns kind of had it um, off of the pick and rolls, a different yeah. offense. But outside the Suns, maybe the maybe the Celtics, but the Celtics are more like the Mavs, where it's like give the ball to Jason or Jalen and see what happens. Yeah. Um, but going back to Kennedy Jet Smith, though, he said like when the Warriors threes are falling, they don't fall into that searching and hunting down for threes. They'll take a two. They'll take it to the basket. They'll draw right. a foul. Like, right. And that's what I respect about the Warriors. They're, even though they're the innovators of this new style of offense that we see in the NBA. They don't really fall into the trappings of like, oh, we're gonna just shoot threes. I mean, they have in the past. I'm not gonna sit here and lie completely. Like they have yeah, in the past. Sometimes you get happy. You know? But but I think that you've seen a more diversified Warriors team where it's like, hey, if the threes aren't falling, let's take it to the basket. Like let's right. let's create it. Let's create a shot. Let's pass the ball 14 times and get a right. get a better or high percentage shot. So right. I think that's the I think that's the beauty of this Warriors team. And and I listen, I agree with you with the, on the Draymond thing. It's been weird how he's like diminished from a three-point shot. But I actually like Draymond in the post. I actually feel like he's a he's a better offensive player in the post than I think people really give him credit for. And I wish that he would would be more in the post and they'd run more more stuff for him down in the post cuz he's actually really good around the basket. If he's you've ever watched him. For sure. I mean, I don't think he has any go-to moves in the post. But he's, he's big, he's strong, and he's actually quick for his size. Yeah, I think he uses running. his size yeah, to his he's not advantage. Like, he's not like a Dennis Rodman who's just going to throw it at the hoop and hope it goes no. in. Like he, he can finish for sure. No, he can finish. Yeah. So I've, that's that's been the one disappointing thing about Draymond. People will say the three point shot, but I actually think like they should run more stuff for him in the post. Um, but you know, hey, can't argue with success. They're they're one win away from the finals, so yeah. Um, I, I guess Steve Kerr knows what he's doing way more than I do. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, I just honestly I don't know what else to really say about this. Um, I guess the I guess the I guess the the wrap up to this is: Do the Warriors get it done on Tuesday night? Do they sweep them? I don't think so. I actually think the Mavs get a game. I think the Mavs get hmm. a game. And I think they they finish them off in in California. 
I actually think they're done. I, I, yeah. I think looking at this, the Mavs body language, reading the press conference, basically, and I know a lot of people on Twitter are like, Luca's mad about what Luca said at the press conference, basically saying, you know, basically said he's an excuse maker. Oh, they're young. I actually think that's a very astute press conference that him and Jason Kidd, like they're saying, they're saying the quiet part out loud. What yeah, everybody they, they know is, they know, they know it's over and that they, yeah. they're young. This is, <laughs> this is a young team that has never been here going up against a team. That's what trying to go to their eighth final. Like, yeah, it's like, come on. Like we all know what's happening here. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I don't know, but yeah, I, I actually think they get it done on Tuesday night. I think they sweep it. Plus I think the Warriors want at their advanced uh, mileage. I think they want as much rest as possible. And I think Steve Kerr will be drilling that into them. They're like, Hey, get it done. So we can get Otto some rest for his poor foot. <laughs> we get to get Andre back and we can get uh GP GP, the second or, or junior. Um, you know, as much rest as possible. Yeah. Yep. Especially, especially yeah. if they play a team like the Heat. Yeah, I agree. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, moving on to game three of the Eastern Conference Finals on Saturday night. Um, man, the Celtics. This is why you can't truly trust the Celtics, man. I, I just they're so perplexing to me to watch. It's like games where you watch them and they look like the best team in basketball, and then other games you're just like, What the hell was that? What what happened here? Like, yeah. It's so maddening to watch that team, man. I, I feel like the, the Celtics – listen, I'm not going to take away from the Heat. The Heat absolutely won that game, stole that game. I don't say stole. But they I, outright just took it. Like that They took the, that game. Yeah. But God damn it. The Celtics left their windows on their, on their new Lexus open. <laughs> they basically <laughs> left the door half open. <laughs> like they did everything possible to basically – let Miami take that game away from them. Right, right. It, it just, it's, how do you come out in a game three after a big road win too? Like after a big, dominating, convincing road win, me and you were joking about it on Wednesday night and, or on Thursday night, and for them to come out as flat as they came out in that first half, basically just no clue from an offensive perspective, Turning the ball over. That's the other thing. I mean, people talk about the Warriors. I mean, the uh, the Celtics. I mean, how many turnovers did they have in that game? I'll look it up, but it was bad. It, it was bad. And it's not even just the amount of turnovers, but the just the costly, dumb turnovers that lead to points. It just, I, yeah, that was one of the worst games I've seen a home team play on their court. Not even from a, from the standpoint of the score, just, just how just – nonsensical they played 23 turnovers 23 turnovers and it felt like more that's the crazy part it 23 felt like to, more 23 to 8 the fact that they lost the game by six <laughs> losing the turn turnover battle 23 is actually pretty remarkable and and remember this is with jimmy butler getting you know yep. basically not coming back in the game in the second half like yep miami's undisputed clear best player miami had and, 19 steals yeah yeah, that that is that's <laughs> that's yeah. I mean the stats the stats speak for themselves, right? Like yeah, yeah. I, I, I break it down, man. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that one. Um, I, so I'm gonna shout us out because on on my podcast, the Dime, we both mentioned how we think that this Heat team would benefit greatly from a healthy Kyle Lowry, and I think off the bat, you saw that they were pushing the basketball with him. The pace sped up enormously with Kyle Lowry on the court, and they. 
were getting open shots. They just seemed a lot more crisp than they were. Then honestly, than they've been all playoffs, even in games that they won. Uh, so I think that was huge. And then also like on that side of the ball too, just staying there, like getting Bam at a bio involved and not only like getting him in isolations in the post, but also running action with him as the primary ball handler making plays. Um, they ran their offense through Bam in the first half for the most part, yeah. and they benefited greatly from it. I mean, he's been, he was shut out, you know, the first two games of the series, but a large part was because he wasn't really touching the basketball. They weren't giving him the ball. And then when he did get the ball, he wasn't getting in spots where he can do anything. Um, so I think Spolstra made that adjustment. That's why he's one of the best coaches in the league, if not the best coach in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, having Kyle back, like I said, was huge. But from the Celtics standpoint, man, I, it's just sometimes like it's you can't just like break it down and be like, well, they played bad because they were just mm-hmm. awful. Like there's just low energy. They came out, got punched in the mouth and just didn't punch back. Jason Tatum, you know, was not aggressive at all in the first quarter in the first half. If I'm going to be honest with you, um, they just didn't look like themselves. And and the heat came ready to play the game. And, and sometimes it's that simple. Like they got punched in the mouth and they didn't respond, which was weird to see because it was a home game and, in Boston, Boston probably has the best home court in, in the East um, out of the sure. teams that are in the playoffs, at least. Mm-hmm. Just disappointing. Yeah, I um, I actually missed the first half of that game, and I was just surprised <laughs> at the score when I looked at it. I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, yeah, um, listen, I'm going to stop disrespecting this Miami team. Um, <laughs> they showed me something on they showed me something on Saturday night, man. They yeah. they. They were prepared to play. They took that game. They took it to the Celtics. And listen, that game is on Udoka. I mean, listen, we both have praised Udoka, but but that hey, you got you, you got to give me a better effort than that. I mean, that's a game three in your building, one one. Again, this isn't coming off a loss either. This is coming off a what a four near forty point blowout victory in game two. Right. I mean, you they got Miami fans, Miami fans leaving the yeah. building, and like with nine minutes to go in the third quarter, essentially, like. This, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't understand the effort there from the from the Celtics. But um that being said though, I, I I think what more than anything, what you learned in game three is I think this series is going seven. Mm. I think this is I think this series has legs in it, and both of us disagreed with that. So that's a that's a you know, that's a change from our part, right? Or at least yeah. from my part. I think this series is going seven. I, I, it just smells like a seven game series. It smells like a physical, tough, bruising seven game series at, at least six for sure. Oh, six for sure. For sure. I, I, I expect Boston to come out in game four and win. I'll be, I'll be shocked. Absolutely floored if Boston doesn't win tomorrow. Yeah, they, like, they're going to win tomorrow. Floor. I'm not listen. I listen. I can't, I can't guarantee that they're going to win tomorrow because yeah. it is Boston and they have. You know me and my history with the Celtics. First of all, I can't stand them. But number two, the times that I have picked them, they've completely fallen flat on their face. Um, so who knows? With <laughs> honestly, but yeah, I agree with you. I think they they sh- all signs point to them winning. Um, you know, tomorrow night. But who yeah. knows? Who knows? This, this Miami this team is, is tough. This, this was Listen, it depends on Jimmy down. Butler. Depends yeah. on Jimmy Butler too. His yep. health. And you know who was big in that game too? Victor Oladipo. He didn't score a lot of points, but he, again, he's like, he, but he, but he's a presence. Yeah. You know, I believe in basketball, it's similar to baseball. It's like you just got guys that just have a presence to them, yeah. right? And Oladipo is a guy that you just can't sag off of. You you can't just leave that guy alone. He's a he's a wily vet. He obviously he's not what he used to be, 
but he's still a guy that can get you a bucket. He can create his own shot. Um, yeah, I think Oladipo had a big impact in that game. And, you know, Miami just figured – I just – I respect that Miami team, man. They, they've grown on me. Listen, I still don't think they're the greatest team in the world, but, you know, they've got a lot of resource, and they're just a wily veteran team. When they're completely healthy, they're a different team. It's just we've yeah. rarely seen them completely healthy. When Kyle Lowry's on the court pushing the basketball like he did, making plays, um, getting out in front of the Celtics defense, whatever defense they're playing, when Victor Oladipo's healthy and you can put him on defensively uh, on a guard defensively on the other end, they're a completely different team. I still kind of worry about them in the half court. You know, going through Bam last game was a great adjustment by Spo. But Bam is not someone who I think you can give the ball to every game and expect the yeah. offense to run fluidly through him. I Agreed. Think you, you have to get Jimmy running some offense a little bit, and, and you got to do other things as well. I just think it, it worked out last game because, you know, the Celtics haven't seen it, and, you know, Bam was itching to have a good game. Um, he's still kind of concerned me in the half court. But, yeah, they're – they're I mean, outside of that, man, they – And they, and they tend know, to go to offensive droughts too. Yeah. Yeah, but you they, saw it even 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 Saturday night. They you saw it right where the Celtics yeah. had a chance to really come back and take yeah. that game for as badly as they played, and Miami just went through a stretch there where just couldn't put a, put the ball in the ocean. But yeah, and because without without Jimmy, you don't have anyone to really make plays off the dribble in the half court. Like sure. Victor kind of can, Kyle kind of can, Bam can make some plays. You know, through the through the offense a little bit, but you don't have someone you can give the ball to and like, hey, make something happen. If not for you, for someone else. I mean, Kyle, Kyle Lowry and Victor Oladipo at one point could. I don't know if right. now they're, they're not. They're not. That guys. Right. 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 Yeah, I, I agree with you. Listen, I think the one thing we did learn as basketball fans watching on Saturday night is I think this series definitely has legs to it. Um, yeah. You know, and that's a that's you know that's a correction on my part. I picked. I think the I think I picked the Celtics in five. Yeah, I, I had them in six, but I was like, it was like a disrespect. I think we both picked them in six. I think we both picked them in six, yeah. but we weren't. It was we a would have been surprised six, if it was like, I want to take them in five, but I'm going to take them in six. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so I stand corrected. I think uh, I think the Celtics and the Heat are in a dogfight now. And, um, game seven next Sunday. If, if there is a game seven, we'd be doing it after direct, directly game seven. Yeah, so that, you know, hey, yeah, let's let's root for a game seven, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but definitely, definitely, this series for sure, at the very least, has some legs to it. And um, I'm, I'm interested to see what adjustments Yudoka makes in uh, in game you four. You got to imagine Jason Tatum's going to get involved more. Um, some plays for him early on, some sets for him early on. Um, I don't know why they don't have him play the point forward position. I just, I, yeah. I said it last week. I'm like. They're actually better when he's actually – I mean, obviously, they're better when him scoring 40 points a game like he's capable of. But I actually think they're better when he's actually a play, in that playmaking role and he's yeah. – because Marcus Smart is not really a point guard. No, he's, <laughs> he's not. not at all. I don't think I'm breaking any news here. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so he's masquerading as a point. He's a, he's a two masquerading as a, as a one. But, um, you know, I think that that's why they should at least allow – Tatum to bring the ball up, make some plays, create, especially in the first half when he's kind of still trying to get his teammates involved. Definitely have him be the primary ball handler, primary playmaker. I, I don't, I don't understand why they haven't made that adjustment. But um, exactly, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> world, world's worst kept secret. You know, right? 
Um, Biden has Alzheimer's. Marcus Smart is not a point guard. Um, <laughs> that, that was that was an unfair cheap shot. Out of <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what Udoka does from an adjustment standpoint um, in Game Four. So it'll yeah. it'll be it'll be an interesting matchup there as far as wits. Two young, well, I should say, you know, Spolstra's young, age wise, he's not young as far as tenure. But two of the best coaches, I think, in basketball, as far as just yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, he still has a lot to prove. He still has a lot. Yeah, to true. Prove, but definitely, he's definitely yeah. had a good first year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, so you agree with me? Seven. We're looking yeah, at. I'm, it still the, I'm still taking the Celtics, though. I think the Celtics are still the better team. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, 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 I would not be surprised if the Celtics um, stole a game seven in Miami. Not be surprised, at the, yeah. Same. Plus, and can we talk about how bad Miami? That I hate watching basketball there. Like <laughs> I went to a even game there, Lebr- even yeah. the LeBron years. Yeah. It just always felt so. Well, it the feels Bron like watching years, basketball on a mall. Yeah, the Bron years. It felt like people were there like for an award show. It it didn't feel like they were fans. Like you get what I'm saying. It was just kind of like the thing to do. It wasn't like we were yeah. fans. But yeah, that that's a, a mall. That's actually a good. You, you ever been to like that that the 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 ritzy mall in town? Yeah. Like the high price. That like that's the fuck. It feels like watching the game there. Like yeah. it's like it feels like it's just a bunch of Miami snobs watch. Oh, like hey, honey, look, it's a basketball game. Negroes right. are playing. Just just um, get off your boat, <laughs> right? No, it's just so weird. Like I hate I hate the environment in there. So just blah. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, game seven next Sunday night. That's for sure. I, I, I definitely, definitely see it happening. Um, let's move on. I don't know how tapped in you were. This is your team. But I don't know how tapped in you were this past weekend to Yankees, White Sox. I know, I know. The and the Jackie gate, I'm going to call yeah. it Jackie gate, Jackie Robinson gate, whatever you want to call it. The, yeah. uh, the little kerfuffle between, uh, Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson. I won't bore everybody with with all of the details, but obviously the bench is cleared. Um, that was one of the big news items of the weekend. Bench is cleared. White Sox, Yankees. Um, Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson are were the were at the forefront of it. And basically, this is something that's been going on over the last week or so. They had a little bit of a scuffle in Chicago when they played last weekend. So obviously, obviously, Pleasant Trees carried over into this game or this series this weekend. And it all seems to have stemmed from Josh Donaldson trolling or he says he was trolling, whatever. He basically called Tim Anderson Jackie, to which Tim Anderson took offense to. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I'll let you fire off first. You are the Yankee fan. I'm interested to see what your thoughts are. Um, so my thoughts are, I think Josh, I can start first if you want me to start. No, I I think, I think Donaldson's a dick. (laughs) I think your thoughts can be way more nuanced than mine, just because I, I think you've been following it more. I, I know of the situation vaguely. I know of the Mm -hmm. play they got into in Chicago with a third base. Like I, I know that, um, I know there's other things like, you know, Tim Anderson has some comments before comparing himself to Jackie Robinson. And that's what Josh said he was referring to. To me, you still have to be socially aware enough to know that you just don't call a black man Jackie. <laughs> you, you don't you don't taunt him after after the first, you know, Major yeah. League Baseball player to ever, you know, uh, black American baseball player to ever play in, in, in sport in the league. Um, that has racial undertones. I don't care what he says. I don't care how you justify it. You don't do it. 
Um, I'm a Yankee fan, but I totally do not support Josh Donaldson and his decision to call him Jackie or, or, or anything. It, honestly, if I was on the Yankees, like it's in that situation, I know it's easy for me to say, since I'm not playing the sport, I'm not sticking up for Josh Donaldson. I'm not saying anything in the media and I'm not going out there to defend him. If there is a brawl, um, to me, whether or not he meant it to be racist, it was racist and it had racial undertones to it. And I think it's unacceptable. So in short, that's, that's what I'm thinking. And that's how I feel. At least there's, it's just inexcusable to me. 100%. You, you said everything I said. Yep. Um, or was going to say. Um, yeah, Josh Donaldson is a douche. Um, he's been that way. I mean, listen, he's one of those douches that you love if he's on your team. He's that. He's those irritants that like every team, every sport has. But I, I didn't like him. No one, Yankee fans didn't like him. I don't even know if they like him now. He's only been there for like two weeks. <laughs> like Garrett Cole had a problem with him. Like we had, we have a pitcher on the team who like our ace fucking hated him before he. Was yeah, playing. yeah. Listen, yeah. he's one of those guys that you love if he wears your uniform because he's a yeah. he's a he's a dirtbag type of guy. He's gritty. He's a warrior. He's a competitor. And listen, I'll never take anything away from Donaldson. He's a hell of a player. Yeah, but he's a former MVP, so this is not some slouch. This isn't some guy off the street, right? But he's been a douche for a long time, and it's always something with him. There's always something with him. He's chirping at this team. He's chirping at that team. He hates this guy. He's calling out Garrett Cole. He's doing, you know, you know, Josh Donaldson does a lot of talking for a guy that can't play more than 140 games. And can we, can we, how about Josh Donaldson worry about playing a full season? <laughs> it's been a long time since he's done that. Yeah. Be that as, as be that as it may. Um, yeah. What he said was, first of all, it was corny. Hey, Jackie. Like, okay. From, from as far as the annals and the pantheons of shit talking, it was kind of corny. Number one. Number two, like, it, you have to have enough self-awareness in 2022 to understand that, like, even if you don't mean for it to come, and I don't think, I don't think he's a racist. I'm not gonna say. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he meant it. I don't think he meant it in a racist way, or he is a no. racist. But you have to be aware enough to know. Like, I don't care that Tim Anderson called it, compared himself to Jackie Robinson. You know what you're doing. You know what that does by calling exactly. him. Period. Exactly. Period. You know what that does. Absolutely. On, that's like calling stop. a Mexican. That's like calling a Mexican. Hey, Julio Cesar Chavez. Right. Hey, Chavez. Like, like you know yeah. what that. You, you, you know. That. You know what you're trying to do there. So. Yeah. So miss me with the miss me with the excuses. Now, do I think he's a racist? No, I don't. But do I think he right. said something racist? And, I, and and do I think that he meant to? I think he meant it as a troll. But right. I don't think I don't think he understood, or I don't think he was smart enough or sophisticated enough to understand that. Like, yo, this 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 ain't it, bro. Like, leave that right. one in the chamber. Right. Um. Yeah, and he's. And I don't know if you've seen what Aaron Boone said about it, but Aaron Boone basically did not defend him. Like, no, I, Boone, I thought Larusa said. I didn't see what, what Boone said. Yeah, Aaron Boone. I'm, I'm, I'll see if I can find it before we um, we we'll move on. But Aaron Boone basically did not defend him. Good. You know, they basically. I mean, he in in the most Aaron Boone of ways, right? He basically talked around it, but he he, you know, Aaron Boone was was pretty adamant about it. Like, hey, like you you just don't use, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he's like, hey, you don't use Jackie Robinson as an insult ever. That, I'm sure. sorry. That does, does, that's like using MOK as an insult. Like, yeah. you know, you're just not doing that. Like, we're yeah. not doing it here, you know? And listen, I know, t- and listen, Tim Anderson isn't exactly a day at the beach either. <laughs> I get it. I understand. You know, Tim Anderson has his issues as well, but I think Tim Anderson is just one of those guys that, 
He plays with a chip on his shoulder. He plays with a lot of fire and intensity. And he's a guy that wants to make the game fun. And that's why I appreciate him. I think he's a guy that's like, yo, I'm not trying to be the corporate buttoned up black dude that does that plays baseball. It's like, no. Right. You know, I want to have fun. I want to do what the dudes in the NBA do that fire up the crowd and do, you know, taunt and antics or whatever. And somehow they don't offend America, but somehow a baseball player, oh, how dare you? You know, it's like, so I get it. Yeah, I, I, I listen, Donaldson. Josh, yeah, he could have came at Tim Anderson another way. Like, you can go. That's what I said. It was corny. That's what it was yeah. like. Yo, you, it's, it's just corny. Forget that it was offensive. Which, yes, yeah. it was offensive, but it was just corny. Like, what? Like, what are you right. doing? Like, what are you? Like, what how, you how did, like, how did that formulate in your brain as an insult? Like, that's where I'm thinking. Like, yeah, which leaves which leaves a lot to be desired, and also makes yeah. you question. Like, oh, okay, what what else have you thought of or said? Right. Again. I don't want to call the guy a racist. I've never met him. I've never had a conversation with him. I've never interacted with him. Right, right. I don't know any other black people that have interacted with him. So I'm not going to sit here on in my little corner of the world and say Josh Donaldson is a racist. But what he said was racist, can be misconstrued as racist, or was racist racist adjacent. adjacent. Right. He's <laughs> at, not at least in that way, but right. it still it still speaks to the larger issue of like right. people saying comfortable saying racist shit. <laughs> exactly Not knowing that it might be racist or right. you know or like to me I, it, I just have a hard time believing that he didn't know when he said it what the ramifications of him saying that's tim anderson were and how that would how that would make tim feel um and any yeah. black baseball player feel regardless of what tim anderson has said comparing himself to jacking in the past that is i i've seen some i saw one show here it was like a local Los Angeles channel with it was an all white panel and they were just basically like well he did call himself jackie robinson maybe josh was just kind of <laughs> like, no, like stop like you don't right there's 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 undertones to it it it, it wasn't said publicly like it wasn't like Josh Donaldson went to the media and said and called him Jackie, so it wasn't like a dog whistle to like racist mm-hmm. out there because he probably didn't know that it would get out there that he said it. But it, it it seemed very calculated, it seemed planned, and it seemed like it was something he thought of before he even called him that. Because my first reaction, if I'm going to call someone something, if they upset me right away, it's not that. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. you asshole, or you, the ja-. like. There's like yeah. there's like go to words before, oh, Jack. Like Jackie is thought out. And calculated that's that's a thought out calculated um diss from josh and you know yeah you're right he may not be racist and but that comment and that diss definitely had some racial undertones to it whether he meant it or not yeah no i agree um i'm trying to find the boon comments here um as we talk yeah I'm, I'm, i'm finding it here i'm looking at the daily news um basically when asked about the situation he said we're trying to do as much as we can to defuse it and just to play ball boone said on sunday i talked with jd josh donaldson and a few other players to address this and to get to the bottom of it and get the context and the history of this and what's been going on between the two players and the two teams over the last week or two i certainly understand why that would be sensitive and of course it goes on to boone has made it clear that he does not support his third baseman calling a black player jackie even if it was meant as some sort of a strange joke i don't believe there was malicious intent in that regard boone said this is just somewhere that in my opinion he should not be going um, I understand the reaction, but Josh has been very forthcoming about the history of it and the context of it. Boone said, and yada yada yada, referring to uh, okay, yeah. So uh, when I first heard the name Jackie, I was really taken aback. Boone state Boone stated, frankly, I was upset about it myself. When you hear the story of it, and again, I don't think Donaldson should say that 
or even if there's a perceived relationship or whatever, but the original story of it was born out of in a few years saying, and is less taken aback by it at that point. I sit here as a white guy and then he goes on rambling about shit, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I, yeah. So his manager basically, you know, listen, Boone didn't defend him, you know, Boone didn't exactly, I mean, he didn't rip him, but he didn't defend him. He didn't praise him. He said, Hey, like, that's not an area you should be going. Right. If Aaron Boone has enough sensibilities to say like, yeah, I'm a white dude. And I don't think you should be saying that. Like, why didn't Josh Donaldson have that sensibility? I'm you know? reading, I'm reading here that Yankee fans are calling Tim Jackie today, which is, and I wanted to get to that. Because Yankee fans are a special kind. First of all, and again, I'm not going to label every Yankee fan. Of course, there were, what, 40-some thousand people in that damn stadium. I'm not going to say all 40,000 are racist and are, you know, we're all chanting Jack. No. But Yankee fans, and I'm talking to you because you're a Yankee fan. Yankee fans know that Yankee fans, other Yankee fans can be cartoonishly moronic sometimes to a fault. Like, I'm not breaking any news here on that either. Like, this is the thing, man. Like, this is a sensitive situation and a sensitive topic. And for you guys to be making light of that because you support your team, it's just bullshit to me. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's just disappointing. Like, I'm not saying you have to give him a standing ovation. But, like, yeah, don't call him Jackie. Don't do the thing that literally your manager said yeah, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Oh, and by the way, genius Yankee fans, bleacher creatures, your best player is black. <laughs> Don't you think you kind of pissed him off too? Like <laughs> your two best players are black. Yeah. Or at least half. Like half, why yeah. do you like sometimes I just wonder, are fans just that inebriated at sporting events that just don't I don't think they think, man. I, I, it's not to excuse them, but like, no. I, you know, come. I'm someone like I'm Puerto Rican, and you know, I sometimes I, like, I, I don't live the black experience because you know my skin is. I'm, I'm fairly white. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do pass for mixed. I do get it every once in a while. Um, but from my point of view, it just seems like some people just are just trying to find a way to send the, say the N word to, to black people. And at it's that time, like saying yeah, Jackie, was just replaced. like, that's what it feels like, man. And Cause it's always the yeah. same people with the same beliefs and the same, you know, yeah. political thought. It's, it's the same fucking people, man. Like, it's just disgusting. Like that, like read, I'm re- I'm just learning this now that the Yankee fan said that. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I didn't know, even know that. So yeah, I didn't. And even I know, know it wasn't all the Yankee fans. I know they were booing. I, know, I didn't know the Jackie. I didn't know they were chanting Jackie. Yeah, I didn't watch the game. Yeah, I I have a feeling I know what kind of Yankee fan this was. Um, I, and it doesn't and take much to guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it it. Listen, man, it's it's. There's no more excuses for ignorance. I'm sorry. Like we're in 2022. You have information at your fingertips. Like you literally have an app on your phone or most people do or can download an app on your phone called Google. You have information at your fingertips. You know what should be said and, and should be said. And I know people will say, well, really, is that the political climate that we want to live in? Is that the world we live in now where you can't even yes. just make a innocuous yes. joke? Or Yes. 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 Because yes. these things have a history. And again, I just said – Josh Donaldson, I don't think Josh Donaldson was trying to be racist. I don't think Josh Donaldson on his off days goes to clan rallies. I'm not saying that. <laughs> right, right. I'm, not even, I'm, I'm not intuiting that in the slightest bit. 
But there has to be, but we have to start holding people accountable for saying dumb shit. Right. Like, and I don't think he should lose his job. I don't think the Yankees should cut him. I, no. no, I'm not going that far either because I'm not an advocate for that. But I think he should be raked over the coals for it. Like, I think he should face some heat for that. And yeah, he I should agree. have to answer questions about it. Like, yo, well, do you do you consider all black players Jackie? Would you call, you know, you know, Giancarlo Stanton Jackie? Would you call Aaron Judge Jackie? Have well, you called your other just, teammates? Yeah, he would like, just use the excuse that, that Tim Anderson referred to himself. Right, 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 right. Like, that's an easy out. But I think anybody know who I that's the thing. Like, I feel like we're arguing with people or we're having discussions with people who aren't coming from an intellectually honest standpoint. You know, like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even the people defending Donaldson, you know, like, you know, yeah. the, you know, the weight of Jackie Robinson, what he means to back black baseball players, regardless of what Tim Anderson has said about himself. You just don't do that, period. You don't do that. Mm hmm. Like that's that's and, a lesson. Like that's that's a, that's a concept that a third grader can grasp. And we have grown men chanting Jackie at a freaking baseball player. This right. Well, listen, I'm not. I, listen, the Yankee fans are Yankee fans are just again not all of them, but the Yankee fans that were that that tend to do these kind of things. Let's just yeah. put it that way. And again, this is a fan base that got in trouble what a month ago almost for fucking throwing shit at Indian or yeah. guardians players. Like, yeah. so there, there's a history here, obviously. And and this is, I mean, I can, I can at nauseum give you chapter and verse about Yankee fans and, and listen, I'm a med fan and we aren't exactly the, you know, mother Teresa either, it's but New you York sports only fans, ever man. hear that. But, but, but you hear a lot more of this shit from Yankees on the Yankee yeah. side and the Yankee yeah, fans. You like, you, you do. It, you do, yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, I'm, so I'm not. I'm not, I'm not even that's, focused. That's on because that. um, that's because uh, Staten Island, or, uh, like Staten Island, the borough of Staten Island likes the Yankees. That's why. Oh well, yeah, you know how you know you know what you know what Staten Island is. Staten Island is. It might as well be Alabama from a New York perspective. I, I'm telling you, that's <laughs> like, like those. Uh, I, I I would like bet my money that the people chanting Jackie were from Staten Island or New Jersey. Mm. Bet my money. Hey. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to argue that with you. I'm not even going to argue that with you. But no, I'm, my issue isn't even with them because again, they're they're low hanging fruit. They're idiots. Yeah. But yeah. the Josh Donaldsons of the world. And again, I want to reiterate, I don't think Josh Donaldson was purposely trying to be racist, I but he said some racist shit. And right. this is a teachable moment for him. And I want to see how he handles this. I don't know. I don't know if he's called and personally apologized to him, to Tim Anderson, I should say. I don't know if they, you know, they've had a. A personal power i don't know so this i'm i'm putting that out there as i don't know but this is a moment like i would feel so mortified and again i know sometimes when when media people like myself I and mean, we consider ourselves media but you know we talk about and describe these things we always we always paint it as a people will say or critiques will critics will say you know you always paint it as you're holier than thou no i've said dumb shit before i've made stupid ass comments yeah and I feel mortified after it. Like I, I think back to, I mean, my Twitter is filled with shit that I've said as an idiot, twenty-one-year-old. No, no one's no right? innocent of that, and I no, cringe at it. it. You know, I cringe at it. But it's it's not even so much about what you say, but like how your behavior changes over time, how your mind expands right. over time, right. and you don't show a history of that ever again. And can right. say like, listen, I used to be a douche at 21 but right. now i've learned i've i've lived experience i'm 35 with two girls and I, you know like you grow and you mature so hopefully josh Donaldson takes this situation and learns from it hopefully he's right. called tim anderson he's like yo man 
my bad. That was never my intention. Like, let's meet, let's talk. Cause I would want to talk to that man face to face and be like, yo, that's not my intent. That's not what I'm about. That's not what I represent. You know, yada, yada. And maybe he has, maybe he has, I don't know that, but yeah, this is, um, and this is not the kind of controversy that you want coming out of your, your club. I mean, I'm, I haven't seen, I haven't seen judges comments on it. I haven't seen Stan's comments on it, but it, I'd be interested to see how they feel about this. Yeah. I'd be very I interested. Too. I mean, I don't know, Josh, like, and you know, they do, you know, sometimes yeah. you want to give a pass to someone who, you know, and their heart isn't racist and maybe just made a mistake or just at the time, just uncharacteristically said something or just miscalculated something that he thought would be okay. I don't know. Um, but mm-hmm. it is it is disheartening, man. Um, as a Yankee fan, especially when it comes to your team, which <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it sucks, man. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. And 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 that's another thing too. It's like we we can't excuse this as passion, as oh they, that's what makes them the best fans in the sport. No. Because then it's like no, there's a lot of great fan bases that aren't doing this shit. I'm sorry, yeah, they just are. You know, and like. If you're a Yankee fan right now and you're saying, oh, what the fuck do you guys know? Blah, blah, blah. You guys are being pansies or whatever. No, look at yourself in your mirror. You sound like an archaic dinosaur. Go back to 1970 and deal with your shit. Like, go through therapy or some shit. Like, if you can't understand why this is a problem in any era, in any decade, in any time, then there's nothing to really talk about. Like, yeah. this is a problem. Like, yo, you on top of the fact that you have two prominent black players on your team, no one thought, you know, you don't like Tim Anderson, but we probably shouldn't like chant the thing that might be called racist or be assumed right. as racist that even our own manager basically said was racist without saying racist. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was too much Bud Light. But and whatever. the Yankees aren't the most progressive organization on the planet either. Let's not forget that. Oh yeah, I mean, you mean the organization that still has a facial hair policy? And, yeah, you, you can't. You know that dreads. You got to cut them. You got to cut your dreads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't show yeah. facial hair. Mm-hmm. But A Rod <laughs> and A Rod and Jason Giambi can inject their asses with toxic right. waste, but you know, hey, God forbid, black facial dreads. But you know, yeah. hey, but you God better forbid. do that yeah, shit without a beard. Right. If you're gonna do steroids, you better do that shit without a beard. Derek <laughs> right. Jeter can give gift baskets to all his um you know, female acquaintances. Yeah. But he didn't do it, but he did it with no facial hair. Oh, classy. Classy. And he was classy. Very classy classy about it. So, yeah. Very classy. You know, he dated Mariah Carey, but he was classy about it. And he did it with no facial hair. So, you know, it is. No names on the back of the jerseys. (laughs) (laughs) No names on the, it's they represent the Yankees. Damn it. We're the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees. championships. You know, know. listen, I don't know this for sure. But I'm pretty sure Babe Ruth probably hard hard a couple times. I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know. I there's a, I there's know. a theory. There's a theory that he's half black. You know that. Babe yeah, Ruth I know. Theory? I've seen that that Babe Ruth was half black or whatever. But you know, yeah. hey, hey. Well, he did, and Lou Gehrig did. No. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to add a few more letters to ALS. <laughs> like, wait, what? No, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. Fuck. I shouldn't have went there. That was horrible. No, but no, but seriously, like it's it's um it's disappointing when you hear about this stuff, man. Cause it's yeah. like, yo, know, it's like the more I'm reminded that like how much progress we've made and how far we've come in 2022, we still gotta see this shit, right? Like it's just it's stupid. That's stupid. And listen, I 
this is getting a lot of traction. Like this is getting a lot of that. I mean, obviously it's never the, the right thing that you want to see. And it's, and it's a shame from a Yankee fan perspective because the Yankees are having a really good season. They're, you know, they're defying expectations to an extent, you know, they have the best record and, you know, at least entering this weekend, they had the best record. I got smashed in baseball smashed today. Yeah. And then, yeah, I know. So, you know, it's not the type of th- topic that you want coming out of your clubhouse, but yeah, I, um, I like that Josh Donaldson is getting killed across America and I don't know who's defending him. Maybe some Fox news types. I don't know. Well, so, well yeah, I mean, tomorrow, uh, the callers from WFAN will be defending him while the callers on ESPN radio will be dashing him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frank from Newcastle. Yeah. I don't know why, uh, why, uh, Jackie's such an authentic name. I, I, Jackie Robinson. All right. I, <laughs> These are cool. Like it kills me. I hate doing this. Like, you know, it's like, oh geez, man, Christ. And again, I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying all yeah, Yankee fans. Right. I'm not saying no. But it's just you know, it's Frank and Newberry. I don't know what that is a problem. Um, <laughs> he yeah, called himself Jackie. What do you want him? What do you want him to say? Well, as a colored, as a colored, it should be proud. Should be proud. It's like, hey, if you're a colored, why do you want to be known as as Jackie Robinson, right? I would, right? I would love to hear Mike Francesa's take on this. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, would I? Would, would, I would. Yeah, I, I would love to. I, I, yeah, I would love to hear that perspective. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> Oh man, yeah. this is Jackie and this is Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. <laughs> That's a terrible Francesca impression. We should get sour yeah. shoes on the line or whatever. But no, nah, man, it's uh, it's funny. It's gonna be interesting what what comes out of all this. You know, it'll die obviously on the vine eventually. It'll yeah. die down, but um, I'm sure we're gonna talk about it on Moby Bro, and I'll do something oh, on yeah. it. You, you sure. absolutely gonna talk about that. Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna talk about it on Moby Bro for sure. Yeah, um, because we did we did it on the Yankees fans and Guardians players a couple weeks ago, so yeah. we'll definitely. Definitely, we'll be covering that. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the last topic of the night. I don't know how plugged in you were to this as well, but uh, our our guy Nick Saban of all folks. Now, listen, I want to give Nick Saban credit for a second. <laughs> Go ahead. Not as much. Not a not not no no. I, I want to give Nick Saban. I've been critical of Nick Saban in the past. What he did okay. to Miami, you know what he's done to college football. Um, uh-huh. But you know, hey. There was a special feeling in my heart knowing that Nick Saban stays up at night worried about the trappings of NIL because the little guys can't compete on the high level because of NIL. I mean, how is Tulane of all schools are supposed to Tulane or Stephen F. Austin football supposed to compete if they got to pay players? How are they supposed to compete? Poor, poor little the little guys, right? The little guys, how you know. How are they supposed to compete? So I, I I thank Nick Saban for his selfless him and his you know fifteen million dollar yeah. salary. Right. I thank him for speaking out on 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 the issues of the world that is Brave NIL. Such a you know, it's not man. it's not unemployment. It's not mass poverty in the state that he happens to be the most the highest paid public servant. <laughs> He's um, literally coach of fucking Alabama, <laughs> right? Um, you know, it's not poverty. It's not unemployment. It's not opioid addictions. Yeah. It's not racism or police brutality. It's not none of those things. It's nil. That's the you know, 
you know, not concussions, not, not anything, you know, just it's, it's, it's NIL. That's the, you know, that's the, that is the, that is, you know, that is the, that is the COVID of college football for sure. I don't know how you even have a coherent argument against NIL if you are a free market capitalist. Like, how are you so, how are you free market? And then when the market plays out, I, I just, I just don't it. like the hypocrisy of it. First it's, of all, it's such a, it's, it's more than hypocrisy, dude. It's, it's literal, like, it's hate. Like, it's, it's jealousy. Hate. It's, 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 it's hate and jealousy, but the, the hypocrisy, first of all, the idea that Nick Saban stays up at night worried about whether Tulane is going to be able to afford its backup offensive lineman. You know, it's fucking bullshit. First of all, Nick Saban has done more to ruin college football than it is to help it. <laughs> right. I mean, Alabama, I mean, he's got five stars. Four or five stars stacked up on that are backups, <laughs> and people wonder, well, why is college yeah. football with no parity? People talk about the yeah. NBA. College you're, football you're has no parity. Yeah, worry about Tulane. Why won't you give one of those quarterbacks to Tulane if you're so freaking? Exactly. If, if Nick Saban cares so much, you know, instead of going, you know, if he cares so much and he stays up at night worried about, you know, you know, I don't know, South Alabama State getting a player or being able to pay its players. Why doesn't he say, you know what, instead of, you know, recruiting 16 five stars, you know, we'll only do 10 this this year, guys. We want to share the wealth. No, he wants to win. And listen, I don't, I respect it, but don't, but don't sit here and tell me that, you know, basically you stay up at night and you're so concerned about NIL and then to fucking snitch and throw Texas A&M under the bus. Like he's not doing the same thing. First of all, (laughs) first of all, first of all, my guy, like, First of all, listen, Alabama is not exactly Harvard, number one. No, it's not. <laughs> and we all know that players have been being paid in the Southeastern Conference for decades, yeah. decades upon decades. It's been through the black church, of course, but they've been getting played, they've been getting paid forever. Yep. Now I have now listen, you know me, I'm a huge college football fan. And I have my my college football group chat. And they're all saying it's that Nick Saban did this on purpose because Alabama's apparently capped out how much they're willing to pay players on NIL. So Texas A&M basically is a free-for-all. And Alabama's apparently only offering $20,000 a player for NIL. Okay. And, or at least capping their players from getting only $20,000 or whatever. Because you get, you get brands. I mean, you can brand. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But they're only basically kind of like – I don't think they're enforcing it, but they're also, but they're basically like kind of enforcing like, Hey, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that a college can cap their athletes. They, they technically anybody who listens or watches this or whatever, correct me. I, I, the NIL thing is still very new and confusing. So I don't know if they can officially cap it, but like coaching staffs and organizations, in this case, schools can basically say, Hey, basically kind of put their foot down like yo man or you know basically insinuate don't don't take more than this amount or whatever right mm-hmm. so that's what allegedly some of them some of the conspiracy theorists i know that are basically saying like oh no this is all basically this machiavellian effort by nick saban to put his boosters on notice essentially saying like yo texas a&m is getting these dudes like they're whipping us and recruiting now because alabama had the number one class for essentially almost a decade Forever, plus yeah. or minus a couple couple years here and there, and now for the first time really ever, you know they have a direct competitor in Texas A and M. Now what he's saying is, well, Texas A and M can afford to pay them however many, however much money these players are requesting. 
And he's trying to do that to basically kind of like, hey, nudge his, nudge his alumni essentially, yo, pay these guys more. But that's but the only thing I call bullshit on that is like, no, but that's not how he's painting this. He's painting it as, oh, it's an issue and you know, we need to have guardrails. There goes that word, guardrails against, you know, you know, players and 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 because again, you know, are is every college football program gonna be able to pay players? No. But but this idea that there's like competitive balance in college football, there is a competitive balance in college football. Joke. First of all, you have a 14 playoff system, number one. Yeah. Right. And everybody knows that the teams with the best players always win. And that's the right. case. That's Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and maybe, maybe some other team here and there every other year that gets good enough to, to compete at that level. Other than that, those are the three or four best teams in the country consistently over the last five years. Every, you don't even have to be a college football fan to, to know that. Right. Right. So there is no parity. There is no competitive balance in college football. Right. There hasn't been in a long time. So this idea that like now NIL is what throwing what's what's throwing out competitive balance. Oh, oh, well, how are these teams going to compete with the Ohio States of the world if they can't afford to pay players what Ohio State's playing them? They can't afford to compete with Ohio State anyway. It doesn't make sense, man. I mean, a lot of a lot of kids um are looking to feed their families with these deals. <laughs> like that that's that's where my head goes, where it's like these kids getting NIL, NIL deals are kids who are coming from poor neighborhoods who have mm-hmm. harsher backgrounds. Not all yeah. of them, of course, but a lot of them are. And you're basically just trying to take that away from them because why? Yeah. It's, it's, why? A, it's a, it's a power dynamic, right? They don't it's like ridiculous. that the power dynamic is starting to shift. They're afraid. And, and again, this is coming from a coach, a coach, these college coaches who are the most money hungry, tyrannical, just whatever word you want to use to describe yeah. them. I mean, these coaches will leave their teams on a lurch. Brian Kelly uh, will leave their teams in a lurch. The minute somebody flashes off, I mean, they're worse than fucking strippers. They'll, they'll fucking bounce to a dollar, the highest dollar, whenever they see it. Brian yeah. Kelly literally left this team in a lurch and they were still in national title contention. That's wild. That's literally wild. in national title contention. They were undefeated or they had one loss. They they still had a had a crazy weekend occurred last November. Notre Dame could have easily found themselves in the top four. And Brian <laughs> Kelly was like, "Oh, LSU is offering how much?" And they just want me to basically grow a Louisiana accent out of nowhere. Okay, yeah, let's sign me up. <laughs> I mean, how many coaches? I mean, every year, every coaching cycle, you hear about teams accepting coaches accepting jobs literally during the season. Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley yep. lost Bedlam Saturday night. By yep. Sunday morning, he was the USC head coach. But now coaches are going to tell me that play, they need guardrails against college players getting a car dealership sponsorship. Get the fuck out of here. Go to hell. Like, yeah, this is what bothers me. It's like, bro, college football has been a cesspool since the beginning of time. That's we all know it. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying it's not hip- hypocrisy. Like it is. It's hypocrisy. But it's, it's more than that. It's power. It's, yeah, it's power. It's, yeah. It's, that's it's, what, it's, 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 it's the root of it. It's power. It's evil. Like it, if I'm just being completely honest with you, it's, it's disgusting. You know, I don't understand the NIL situation like you do. I don't don't really pay too much attention to college sports and those type of deals. I have an understanding of what it is. To me, though, like, you know, this whole country is built upon the fact that if you make money, if you generate money, you can receive those those benefits. And we all know how much money these college football players make for their respective colleges. 
you know, the the idea that you're against them seeing that money is is absurd. And to say something like, well, you know, they used to they get it in their education. Stop it. Like, like, stop it. Because while Zion Williamson, I read it. I don't mean to cut you off, but, it, but it's relevant to what you're saying. Zion Williamson at Duke. Now, this is Duke. Prince yeah. money. Zion Williamson, his one year at Duke made Duke, I think, a billion dollars between yes. revenue, TV ratings, or made them almost close to a billion dollars. Zion Williamson, at least if you believe it was on the up and up. I do because I'm a Duke fan, of course. But um, if it was on the up and up, his recruitment... He made zero out of that. Unbelievable. Think about that. Think about that. Think about that. Think about that. And tell me NIL needs guardrails. Yeah. And then God forbid to get caught like the Fab Five. You know? God forbid someone a booster pays for like a meal for Chris Weber, yeah. These kids, you know, it's it's, and then you know the, the the last thing that bothered me about it with the whole Nick Saban thing is that he's going to throw a needless shot at Dion and Jackson State for finally getting a top f- a five star, the best recruit in the country, like the HBCU that has been killed and homogenized and destroyed for fifty right. years. Right, they finally get a win. They finally get a W on a recruiting trail, something that can change the landscape of recruiting in college fo- football. And you want to shit on it? Like, come on, bro. Man, Nick, Nick you Saban. are lucky. You are lucky that the collective black athletes of America from ages 14 to 17 right now are not conspiring to all go to HBCUs because they could flip this whole shit upside down. That would Absolutely. be phenomenal to see. That'd I would love phenomenal. it. I would, I would fucking love it. And listen, it, it hurts me. I'm a Nebraska fan. I'm a Duke fan. So we're, no, we're, we're be, blue bloods, right? No, it would hurt us in our, in our that, particular we'll sport. The Howard fans really quick. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just don't like that. I just don't like, like, yo, bro, you, you <laughs> the idea that you care about competitive balance, it's bullshit. Like we yeah. know you don't, you don't care. Cause you're the same guy that will get, you can have a, a a recruiting class of 19 fucking five stars and you'll go get one more five star just to help you win your chances of improving winning. And I don't hate you for that, but don't yeah. tell me you care about competitive balance. You don't. Right. You don't. Right. You don't care about fairness. You don't care about fairness. Right. Guardrails. Nobody provide. Nobody says we need guardrails and coaches take, you know, one dollar more than the job they're currently at and leave their kids in the lurch. All those kids that that went there, that you went to their living rooms and sold them a dream and said, "Oh, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to hold you accountable," and you want accountability from them. And then, oh, wait, what? Who's offering what? Oh, yeah, sign me up. Like again, Lincoln Riley lost. You know, eleven o'clock Eastern time, Saturday night, November, whatever. <laughs> and then literally the next morning he's he's on a private jet him and all of his coaches to sc like and then you're telling me we need guardrails for nil get the fuck out of here this shit pisses me off like get the fuck out of here bro i just wish people were just honest like yo it's a cesspool let's just put it all out in the open it's been a cesspool since the beginning of time and that's right. what i like about nil it's like hey it's it evens the playing field a little bit and it's honestly not even enough it's not even enough but it's a start but it's definitely a start. But let's treat it what it is. It's a business. It's always yeah. been a business. So let's just treat it like it is. Yeah. You know, we can, you know, how many libraries and school facilities have been built on the black back of collegiate athletics? All of them. All of them? All of them. <laughs> All of them. I'm sorry. The debate yeah. team did not build the new library. <laughs> it was the football team. I'm sorry. Right. So, yeah. It's, it's just, it just bothers me. I don't know. I don't know who pisses me off worse, Yankee fans or Nick Saban. 
Maybe Nick both. Died. Nick Saban. But hey, he's a hero. He he stays up at night. You know, he doesn't he doesn't sleep at his advanced age. He's just worried that all the things that can affect college football, not concussions, not lack of parity, right. you know, the, the social justice issues that are concerning the majority of his black players. No, 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 not those. No. Oh, these players it, can help it, their it, families now. It's an IL. <laughs> Wait, what we can't pay under the table we have to like legally pay oh, these, these kids these are money in their pockets yeah, that's oh, the issue so they can eat that's oh. the issue that's the issue man <laughs> that's the issue. oh man it's late we're gonna get up out of here man but um i think we covered everything right covered, yeah, you know, celtics celtics are in dog fight the warriors are probably going back to the finals we'll be talking um, about yankee fans are douchey warriors celtics nba finals next next week on any given sunday Watch, watch us, watch us get like Mavericks Warriors or Mavericks <laughs> Mavericks Heat. That'll be the most uninspired, uninteresting final ever. God. Who's watching it'll that? Third, it'll be the third Mavericks. It'll heat be the third time, there. but a lot less appealing this time around. Yeah, <laughs> well, the, the no, rivalry I, I, I wouldn't ask for. I, I still think you're. I still think you're getting a, a Celtics Warriors final. I do too. It wouldn't surprise me the Celtics won in six. I think one straight straight games, but although I digress. Well, Although I'm starting to think that it wouldn't surprise me if Miami won either. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if Miami wins this series. Um, yeah. But yeah. I still got the Celtics. Yeah. I do. I'm there with you as well. All right, man. I'm going to get up out of here. As always, thank you guys for listening, supporting the show, all that fun stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Emmanuel Brown. Josh, you can follow Josh at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore on Twitter and the Graham. Um, of course, as always, if you like what we do here, uh, support it. Go subscribe to our podcast on all podcast platforms, whichever one you choose. Um, also, go drop us a review on iTunes, Apple, whatever you want to call it, Spotify, Google, whatever podcast directory you use. Leave us a review. It helps the show. It, it, it really does. It helps us get noticed. It helps us get new people listening. Obviously, go like and drop a comment on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel any given Sunday. All that, man. You guys know the deal. We've been through this plenty of times. Do that. Um, Josh, anything else for the listeners before we get up out of here? Nah, you covered it all, man. We're good to yeah, man. Um, make sure you go follow me again, like I said, on Twitter and on Instagram, at Emmanuel Brown. Make sure you got, if you want to hear more about the Josh Donaldson, uh, Jackie Gate situation with Tim Anderson, uh, check out all the stuff that we got going on at uh, MLB Bro this week. So, yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Josh Rodriguez, Manny Brown, we are out of here. Peace. Peace.